Greetings from Las Vegas. Welcome to the EOG Sports Hour. John Kelly with you filing a report for Wednesday, September 20th. It's the year of the home run in Major League Baseball. More home runs hit this year than any other year in the history of the big leagues, and that covers a lot of ground. What's amazing about this home run record is that the development has been sudden. Go back just to 2014, that's three years ago, 4,186 home runs were hit. This year, they're on a pace to eclipse 6,100 home runs. And uh, the reasons are many, I do believe. Uh, now, the players have been getting bigger and stronger uh, and faster for years. Um, that went back to the steroid era, the late 90s and early 2000s. The ball has been a big factor, I do believe. The ball, although Major League Baseball says that the ball fits their specifications. I got to believe it's wound tighter. Maybe the seams aren't sewn as high. Uh, some of the pitchers have said the ball is noticeably harder. Uh, the ball is taking off, and uh, guys are hitting home runs at an unbelievable pace. It's an all-or-nothing game, it seems, now in Major League Baseball, and handicappers of the game, they have to adjust with the times in the last year and a half or so. I've looked at home run prevention, guys who keep the ball in the ballpark. You want guys like Strasburg on the hill or Fulmer. Uh, Jimmy Nelson does a good job for the Brewers. Gio Gonzalez, the Washington Nationals. Numbers to study, home runs per nine innings. That home run rate is key. And there are a lot of gopher ballers out there, too. Rick Porcello of the Boston Red Sox, Miranda of the Seattle Mariners, Lackey gives up a lot of homers. So too does Nalasco. Want to steer clear of a lot of those types. Of course, the market adjusts. That's true. But uh, one stat I found interesting too: home runs per fly ball. Uh, you know, 23% of the fly balls that Masahiro Tanaka surrenders are home runs. Tanaka. And that is start pushed back. Severino is going to go today against the Twins. I guess Tanaka will start on Friday against the Blue Jays. Uh, but uh, Tanaka uh, gives up the long ball. Clayton Richard of the Padres. Mike Fires uh, mentioned Lackey already. Bauer of the Indians. So, yeah, steer clear of those guys who don't keep the ball in the ballpark. And one thing I've adjusted with uh, this sudden trend of all, all the home runs the last year and a half or so is I, I've avoided those sinker ball pitchers. I used to play a lot of sinker ball pitchers under the total. Not quite as much anymore. I mean, I love one pitch to get two outs, but the problem with the sinker ballers with the launch angle and all guys make contact and uh and if they connect these big big hitters with the heart you know with the with the lively ball uh, the ball is leaving the yard at a record pace you're listening to the eog sports hour john kelly with you on a wednesday how about that detroit oakland series we saw two games in that series already they're playing again today a's and tigers a's won the first two games of the series at comerica 8-3 and last night 9-8 detroit and oakland two of the biggest over teams in baseball they've played 82 overs both teams have played 82 overs this year they're second only to the New York Mets. Uh, the Mets have played a lot of over games this year. In fact, the most in baseball. I focus the other way. I look for unders. The Pirates have played 86, make that 87 unders after the one nothing loss to the Brewers. Yesterday, Cleveland and Colorado have also played a lot of unders this year, but the Pirates are leading that category. And uh, there were two one nothing games yesterday. Not only did the Pirates lose to the Brewers one nothing, but the Orioles at home lost to the Red Sox one nothing. There were plenty of under games yesterday. I did have a winning day yesterday. 
Although the selection I posted in the best bet thread somehow lost. I went under 7.5 in the Dodgers uh, game against the Phillies, and that game wound up 6-3 in the end, I believe. Uh, 6-2 it might have been. I, I think it died right after it went over the total of 7.5. That was frustrating, but a winning day. I had other plays on the card, and when the Grand Salami is 134.5 and, and the teams combined to score... 103. I'm probably going to have a pretty good day, and that was the case yesterday. Although that game late night in Anaheim did go over the total. Indians and Angels, that was playing like an under most of the way, and then things blew up late. That'll happen, and, uh, you know, you can't cry about it. It comes with the territory. Uh, that's when games go over the total in the eighth and ninth innings a lot of times. Here's one thing. Bet I will cry about uh, Saturday night. Boy, that was a tough refund. It was a refund that felt like a loss after Triple G had defeated Canelo Alvarez. Fair and square. Adelaide Bird, one of the judges, had score 118-110 in favor of Canelo Alvarez. Ten rounds to two. Just doesn't seem right. Uh, she'll, getting reprimanded may, may, in fact, lose her job. Although uh, the commissioner, the uh, head of the athletic department, it doesn't. Bill Bennett. It looks like well, he had her back immediately after the fight, and then kind of backed down a little bit after receiving so much criticism. But that was that was a tough loss. To, well, tough push to take on Saturday. The tough loss came on Sunday. How about that game in Jacksonville between the Titans and Jags? I went under the total of 44. Got a great number. Beat the number by three points. Closed at 41 at Chris. Felt good at halftime. Tennessee leading Jacksonville 6-3 in a game featuring only field goals, three field goals in the first half. And then all hell broke loose in the second half. That was very frustrating to see. Tennessee uh, scored 31 points in the second half of that game to win 37-16 on the road. An important uh, game there in the division, the AFC South. What was a little bit frustrating is I went under 44. A friend of mine called and said, how that game do you liked? And uh, um, I saved my breath. I didn't want to make any excuses. I, uh, he said, what was the final? A 37-16 Tennessee. So I, I had to take my medicine. I, I didn't want to explain uh, the score was 6-3 at the half, and uh, and then uh, the second half didn't go according to what uh, what I felt like was the script. But, uh, you know, they play two halves, and uh, oftentimes what I feel is the second half is more telling than the first half. Uh, the, the second half is the business half. That That's where the adjustments are made, where the coaching kicks in, where the fatigue is a factor. I've often thought the first half can be a – whether it's – Football or basketball, the point spread sports, whether it's pro or college, you know, you play the first half to get to the second half. So I always put a little extra emphasis on what happens in the second half. There's a Saturday college football game I'm, I'm eyeing up. Uh, I'm going to go on record with one play again at Petco Park tonight. But there's a game in the MAC, Eastern Michigan, playing host to Ohio U. I followed this Eastern Michigan team early in the season. Um, they've covered both times. They've played under both times. The defense so much better than the offense. Eastern Michigan, a two-and-a-half point favorite over Ohio U. The total is 52-and-a-half. Still have to do a little more work, but it's the short home favorite and the under. Uh, that 
would be the way I would go right now. I don't know if it's two separate straight bets. I doubt it's a parlay, but uh, I, I like Eastern Michigan. You bet the defense. You bet EMU's defense. It's outstanding. Uh, they have an excellent putter as well, and that total of under 52.5, that, that should stay under the total, I do believe. Uh, a decent win against Rutgers on the road to a week and a half back for Eastern Michigan. They had the last week off to prepare for the MAC opener, so Setup is good, I think, for Eastern Michigan. It's betting number 338, but uh, I'll talk about it a little bit later this week as I do more work. I mentioned that WNBA, I think the Minnesota Lynx, a good series bet. Sparks got them last year, one in five. I don't think it'll happen to Minnesota again. Uh, Minnesota, of course, has that winning pedigree. They've got the best player on the court, Maya Moore. Sylvia Fowles had an outstanding season named WNBA. MVP Cheryl Reeve, the head coach of the Lynx, she knows how to use the uh, uh, big girl fouls. Uh, Candace Parker, uh, she gets a lot of publicity, but actually Neka Ogwumike, to me, is a more valuable player to that Sparks team. I do like the guards. They're tough. Uh, Odyssey Sims, uh, Gray, she's had an outstanding season. But I think in the end, Maya Morrill went out. And uh, the last seven years, Lynx have been participants in the WNBA Finals six of the seven years. They have three titles to show for it, and I think they get the money. They're $1.60, or they were $1.60. Now they're up to $1.80. I'd take any price up to minus $2 uh, on Minnesota to win that series. They'll win it, I think. Well, they have a chance to win it in four, but I'm fairly certain uh, they'll win it. Um, and then, of course, they get the deciding fifth game at home at Williams Arena. Uh, which not their home, but uh, Lindsey Whalen, the point guard who's back after a broken finger. She played college ball there, um, and, and she's shown signs of life. I, I like maybe she needed a little rest. I like what she's done in the um, efforts against Washington. Both teams, interestingly, Minnesota and L.A., come off three-game sweeps in the semifinals. What I liked about Minnesota's sweep, I, I think Washington's a little better team than Phoenix. That was my feel. I think they were, Washington was playing a little better at the end of the season than were the uh, Phoenix Mercury. Okay, let's get to the baseball selection for today. It'll involve that game at Petco Park between the Padres and the Diamondbacks. Lamette and Ray, the pitching matchup. And I've followed these two pitchers all year long. Both are traveling in great form right now. Betting number 963, 964, Arizona, San Diego, under the total of 7.5. In Lamette's last five starts, here are the scores of the games. In his last five starts, 4-1, 2-1, 1-0, 3-1, I had that under uh, last time out. In fact, I've had three of the five games that Lamette started under the total. I followed Denelson Lamette all season long. Robbie Ray I followed too, and boy, is he in good form after that scare, after hit by a line, getting hit by a line drive. He's been great. Uh, Ray has um, pitched uh, outstanding ba- baseball month of August and September. He's 5-0 and with a 1.39 ERA in his last five starts. And how about the fact he can make you swing and miss? In his last four starts, Robbie Ray has 40, 44 strikeouts, I believe, against only four walks. He's been dominant. Uh, it might even be more 46 strikeouts against four walks. He's been absolutely dominant. Of course, Granke is the ace of the Diamondback staff, they pay him to make important starts. But if I'm Arizona, I think I'd want uh, Robbie Ray to start at home in that suicide game if uh, Arizona locks up 
the top spot, the NL wild card. Uh, but Ray and Lamette should hook up in a pitcher's duel. What's interesting to note, and this happens in all sports, you want to find these type of games before the playoffs hit. Um, because once the playoffs arrive, then you get the playoff pricing. You get depressed totals. I don't think we've got a depressed total here. Even though it's a low number, seven and a half, teams are averaging about 9.3 runs per game this year. But e even though it's a depressed uh, you, you don't get the depressed total that you would see if this were a postseason game. And, of course, the Padres aren't in the postseason. And what a, what a miserable lineup that is, too. Fewest runs in baseball scored. Part of that has to do with the ballpark, but part of it also has to do with just a lack of talent on that uh, Padre lineup. So I think Robbie Ray keeps the Padres down. A 6-10 start at Petco Park. Let's get scoreless uh, into the fourth inning. And that 7.5 will look awful tall for anybody who tries to buck us and take the over. So betting number 963-964, Arizona-San Diego, under the total of 7.5. We have to lay a $1.20. That'll be the lone wager for the Wednesday report. We're back Thursday morning, back 24 hours, talking more football. We'll talk both pro and college football. How about the lack of scoring in the NFL through two weeks of the season? NFL unders. 20 wins, 9 losses, 2 pushes after 31 NFL games. Hope you haven't been playing over the total. Weeks 1 or 2, uh, your bankroll uh, would be shrinking as I speak. Thanks for listening to the EOG Sports Hour.